We are back with our third and final episode in this special in this special digital transformation mini series here on rocketship.fm and Christian, are you getting used to this? Mike, you know, I'm starting to feel like a podcaster. I may have to make this a regular thing, you know? Well, I'm sure our Rocketship.fm listeners would love that. Christian, it's been great having you with us and leading the charge for these conversations you've been having with product leaders on what it takes to actually go through a digital transformation. It's certainly, I don't know, enlightening for me. Well, I hope so. And I hope it's making a meaningful dent for those that are really considering this or in a transformation themselves. And look, we have two more stories to tell. Well, I definitely want to dig into those stories. First, let's roll the intro and we can get started. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today okay christian today we're going to hear from two more people who you interviewed about their digital transformation journeys where should we start? I think we ought to start first with my friend, Paddy Rao. Paddy is the SVP of technology and strategy at Dish Network. And I had a chance to dig in with Paddy on the digital transformation of Sling TV, which is a subsidiary of Dish Network. Sling TV, that's definitely one of the original streaming networks. Nowadays, streaming is such a hot vertical, but Sling TV, they've been at it for a while, right? I'll let Paddy himself tell you a little bit more about Sling TV. Sling TV is a product from our Dish Network, who has been a pioneer in the pay television business in the U.S. When they started out with the small dish satellite service back in the 90s uh, as a pioneer. Uh, and, uh, and Sling is another first for Dish when just as the pay TV uh, market has, you know, was maturing, our company saw the opportunity for transforming it again by using the internet to provide 
pay TV services, entertainment services. And so Sling TV pioneered that whole, what's today called generically as OTT, over-the-top services. So back in uh, mid-2015 or so, Sling TV was launched as the first OTT service provider. And since then, uh, Sling TV has actually created the market. Other large names like uh, YouTube TV and, and Hulu have also joined. But Sling TV continues to be the pioneer in terms of the best value for the service. Definitely one of the pioneers of OTT or over-the-top services. Basically, a streaming service that delivers its content over the internet. Some people even think of it as internet TV. Yeah, it's the kind of platform you subscribe to and you're cutting the cord, so to speak, right? Exactly, that's right. And Sling TV was a pioneer in this space, one of the true first. But being one of the first, it also meant that a company launching two, three, four years after were using newer technologies. You know, being the first doesn't necessarily mean that you are the best in the space. In most cases, time to market differs heavily from time to value or time to money. So some of the technologies enabled companies to serve their customers in a different way and to serve them better. Sing TV found themselves in a place where a reinvention of sorts was needed. Patty talks about it right here. Fundamentally, our business is about looking out for our customers and having the ability to serve our customers in the best possible way. And, and our customers um, are, are, are demanding a lot, rightfully so. Right. If somebody pays for a service, they expect the best. And um, and our customers um, also were moving with the times and uh, and their requirements, their needs, uh, their expectations um, changing all the time. What that meant for somebody like us at Sling is we had to be able to keep up with the expectations, not only keep up, perhaps anticipate. And, and get ahead of it so that we could provide the best possible service. What that translates to for an engineering organization is speed. How can we be uh, proactive? How can we think uh, customer all the time so that we can anticipate, we can respond, we can react quickly to our customers' needs? So speed was a big part and motivator for us, right? Uh, it doesn't mean we weren't fast before. It just means we had to get faster, right? Uh, and and because that's the that's the new that's the new digital world, right? And if you look at the pandemic in the last couple of years, it's even more so. So so uh, speed was a big motivator, and and we've learned that uh, speed allows you to iterate, allows you to experiment, allows you to learn from your uh, uh, mistakes, allows you to gather data quickly. So there's a lot of things that come when you have speed. Uh, so a big motivator for us was speed, which essentially was a means to the end, which was provide the best service for our customers. Being able to respond to customer needs and iterate even faster than they were ever able to, it sounds like that was a very big motivator for Sling TV to go through a digital transformation. What else caused them to take this big step? Well, speed, yes, that was a big part of it. But to Patty was about something much bigger than needing to iterate faster. To him, going through this transformation really meant a lot more than that. I think a couple of areas that we, we had to particularly put, let's call it extra effort, was around, um, you know, the um, a, a function called SRE, Site Reliability uh, Engineering, which is a pretty modern concept of how you, uh, how an engineering organization should run its, its, its business. And um, it, you know, 
we have a service that has to be up and running 24 by 7, right? Uh, television is all, you know, it's an essential service. It's not just entertainment, it's news, it's, it's communication, it's, it's how people stay connected with what happens around them. So it's a critical part of what people now expect in their lives. And which basically means then that, uh, and, and, and given how complicated technology has become, how sophisticated things have become, uh, especially in the OTT space, it becomes all the more important that you, know, you, you build in the concepts of, of quality, reliability, um, all of that stuff from the very, very beginning, right? It's not an afterthought. It's, it's something that you build it in right up front. Uh, and sometimes that's hard to do because when you're beginning a project, you're starting something afresh, you know, you're, you're not thinking about the end product necessarily at that time. You're, you're more excited about perhaps some early outcomes or some early milestones or something. And then you, you want to get there in a hurry. And, you try, and sometimes when you get there, you want to get there in a hurry, well, you try to, you try to make compromises, right? So it's a certain discipline you want to build in in how you build your product, how you build your services and force that, that thought process as far upstream as you can so that you, you do it right once and it sticks. And, 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 and you know that when, when the final product is delivered to your customer, the outcome is exactly what you wanted. So Sling TV, they wanted to be faster. They wanted the ability to pivot and iterate and respond to customer needs quicker than ever. But overall, they wanted their entire mindset to change. Definitely seems like a daunting challenge, especially for such a big company. Sling TV, when they went through their transformation, it was a platform that was being used by millions of people. It was an organization that was very complex in terms of the product and technology teams. You can't just make changes on a whim. Going through a true transformation, changing the processes, the technology stack can't be easy, right? Oh, not at all. In fact, I talked a bit about how much of a challenge going through it actually was the challenges, the obstacles, and what it takes to overcome those things. Let's go back to Patty. It, it, it's it's not easy. Like like everything else, uh, there's a lot of hard work that needs to go in. There's there's a lot of, you know, sometimes what's looked at mundane you know drills that needs to go into getting better. That's what athletes do. That's what artists do. That's what everybody does, right? They put, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. And, and, and what most other folks see is, is the end product of it. And, um, and frankly, uh, transformation is no different for us, right? Um, it, it comes with uh, challenges. It comes with obstacles that need to be overcome, right? But fundamentally, it starts with getting alignment within the organization for, what the, for the why, right? And, 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 uh, and, and engineers are logical people. Right? They, they, they can understand uh, uh, why it, something is important, why a transformation like this is important, why a certain way of working or a change in the way you work is, is necessary because they understand the outcome. You start with the ultimate outcome and the impact they can make. With and so, you know, it starts with that. And, and, um, you know, and, and I would say the easy part of it is that intellectual acceptance. But like I said before, it's all about, you know, human beings. And so the biggest change eventually comes down to is, is aligning your left and the right part of your brain. One part of your brain intellectually accepts the logical reason for doing things a certain way, right? It's the other side, which is, the, it's a human nature. It's your habit. It's, mm -hmm. it's how you've been doing things, you know, for a while or how you sort of approach things for a while 
that's got to get aligned with the with the with your intellectual side right that's that takes that takes effort that takes time that takes reinforcement it takes patience right it also takes uh, uh an acceptance of you know sometimes failures and then learning from the failures right so it's a collective effort of the team the leadership um every single person wanting to row in the same direction and so what did this transformation do for sling did going through the entire process help them to get where they actually wanted to be? <laughs> well, Paddy will tell you, yes. In fact, remember how speed was so important to Sling TV when they started their journey? Yes, that was one of the big motivators. Well, yes, where they are today. We are about 50 to 100 times faster today than we were two years ago. Uh, and it seems like an unbelievable um, number, right? Um, but that is true because... Um, Today, we are able to make changes uh, and serve our customers' uh, needs on demand, literally on demand, on a daily basis, sometimes hourly basis. We're able to make changes so rapidly, um, something that's unheard of. Sling's available on more than a dozen platforms, and it's complicated. It is, uh, it's a, it's a, in an ecosystem that spans multiple components, right? And, um, and yet, the fact that we are able to make changes on demand every day, every single day, is testament to the, the, the where we have come from where we were before. And so what's next for Sling TV? Now that they've gone through this transformation, do they feel like they're set up for a while? They don't need to worry about going through another transformation just a few years from now? Uh, Michael, I wish it were that simple. Nothing can ever be so simple, can it, Christian? Oh, no. Because that's just the thing about these digital transformations. It's not a one-off experience. It's much more than that. This is ultimately a journey. And that's a cliche, but it's a journey. It never ends. You cannot stop transforming yourself. You have to, you have to get better. There's, everyone can always get better, right? There's always something to learn. And there's always going to be uh, a, some customer that you haven't yet done a good job serving. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is. Right. Um, we're, not, we're not in a perfect world. We'll never get perfect. And the day we get perfect, we're all dead. Right. So. Uh, so, yes, we come. We come. Um, we made very good progress uh, uh, on our transformation. But, you know, it's it's work in progress. Right. So and, and a lot of that goes back to that cultural mindset, cultural changes at some point have to become muscle memory. And it's kind of a weird concept because they're different, they're very different things. Muscles are very physical thing. Mm -hmm. right? But, but you know, your culture is about, you know, your mind, how you think, your outlook, right? And so that's probably your mind muscle or whatever you want to call it, right? You know, how do you change and affect that change, right? And that's an ongoing process. And it's ongoing because, look, this is a growing enterprise. Sling is a growing enterprise. We are hiring. That's a plug I'll make here. We are hiring all the time. We want we want good people to come join us, right? Uh, with with all the different you know modern skills that exist out there, and we're we're constantly hiring, bringing people on board. Um, it's a, there's a lot of energy, right? And so the transformation that has to be reinforced all the time. It doesn't end. We are not static. We are not a bunch of folks that were here ten years ago, right? We have many of those folks, but we've also grown. We've added, you know, you know, two x, three x, four x, a number of new folks uh, along with, the, with us in the journey. And so the reinvention continues all the time, and that that's a challenge. It's an opportunity. It's you cannot stop doing this. 
it, it, there's no definition of done here. The, yeah. the only definition of done is to keep at it. And you get yeah. better, right? And every time you, you, you climb up two notches, well, there's a couple more notches you identify. How do you get better in you know some, something more? You know, that's a different area, perhaps. How do you get even faster at maybe anticipating some of the changes, right? There's just ongoing things that, that are there uh, for us. Um, and, uh, and so we don't see this as an ending process. Well, as we wrap up this digital transformation story of Sling TV, did Patty have any words of wisdom for us? Maybe some advice for people that may be starting a journey for themselves? Oh, he did. And Mike, I remember you being a Ted Lasso fan. Is that right? I definitely am, Christian. Well, then you may appreciate this one. Probably the one word that comes to mind is belief, right? You know, you got to believe in it, right? Because when you start this out, what looks like you want to achieve or what has been presented to you as something you can achieve looks very daunting, right? It's like, you know, you're climbing up the hill, you're standing at the base and I can't make those 14,000 feet up there, right? But you can't, you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in yourself that you can do it, right? And so you start with that belief, right? Which is, which is, I think, fundamental to frankly anything in life, right? Even if you want to exercise, whether you want to become an athlete, whether you want to become an artist, engineer, doesn't matter, right? You got to have that belief that that you will succeed, right? Um, that's and you start with it. But but I also think you should be open to learning and and bringing in people who can who can help you, right? I think it's it's you know I know we had folks coming in from the outside to help us, right? They you know they shared their experiences with us. They showed us the way sometimes, right? And and so you have to be open to new ideas. You have to be able to take in new ideas and, and acknowledge that perhaps some of the things you did or were doing or are doing, they, they're not they're not they're not the right way. And and so I think that openness to and willingness to take inputs, take the learnings from other folks who are, who've gone down the journey uh, prior to you. It's an important component. You gotta believe. I love that. Well, great stuff from Patty of Dish Network on Sling TV's digital transformation. We'll hear more about another company's transformation right after the break. Before the break, we heard Kristen Idioti of Silicon Valley Product Group start to tell us some digital transformation stories from interviews he's recently had with various product leaders who have recently gone through their own transformations. We already heard about Dish Network sharing some of the Sling TV digital transformation journey. And I'm glad you picked up on a journey because that was an important distinction that Patty made. Oh, of course, of course. And what else do you have for us, Christian? Well, we're going to wrap up this series with one more story, this time from Nick Giles. Now, Nick's company, Ordinance Survey, it's not a new startup. It's a 230-year-old company. Specifically, it's the national mapping agency of Great Britain. You know, they own the exclusive rights to all of the maps in the UK. In fact, it actually got its name from its original military purpose, which was to map Scotland in the wake of the Jacobite rising in 1745. Okay, you don't hear about companies like this very often. Well, and you definitely don't hear about them going through deep digital transformations. But to Ordinance Survey, it was really important. While they started out as a mapping company, they do a lot more than mapping now. And much of what they offer is online. So what was important to Ordnance Survey when it came to a digital transformation? Well, I'll let Nick Giles tell you for himself. We've got three areas that we're really focusing on at the moment. First one is discovery. And by discovery, it's it's 
it's not just doing uh, a quantum coil survey, which was traditional routes of discovery. It's really getting down and talking to customers at all levels of the business. The second thing is more around collaboration and collaboration sort of intra-teams. Intra so we moved to a, a squad structure, so a um, uh, where we have individual individuals from different parts of the business, and we're a matrixed organization. So we have a a product team, we have a marketing team, we have an engineering team. So it's representatives from those teams who actually work together to to solve those problems and 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 not just work together by paying lip service, really work together in terms of actually they're they're challenging each other. They're bringing different perspectives to to the problem. And the the third and final area that we're really focusing on at the moment is around outcomes over output. Um, so really being clear around those outcomes and getting people to work together to undertake discovery to solve those outcomes. And that's not necessarily sitting at your desk for 14 hours a day, every day. Um, actually, it's about really nailing it down to the customer and what we need to do for the customer. And how did they start this all? Where do you even begin a digital transformation when you're a 230-year-old company? Yes. Well, great question. It turns out, like we found consistently, you have to start at the top. This is one of those cases where top-down is sort of necessary? In a way, yes. Yes, Nick, with more on that. The way we actually started getting that buy-in is really starting from the top as much as we can. So getting champions at senior management to really help to affect the change, to get that senior management team really bought into the journey we need to make. Because to operate in different markets, in different ways, to different customer types, we can't rely on doing the same thing and expecting different results. So getting that buy-in from the top to really enable the, the the transformation of the organization to happen from the bottom up so it's giving our people permission to think in slightly a different in a different mindset to be empowered to make the right decisions to drive change in what we do and how we do it and i think that shift in way of thinking then starts unlocking some new muscles now those new muscles don't work instantaneously so this is not a flick of a switch and all of a sudden you know you're a progressive transformational organization this is this is something you really need to work at you need to build that muscle okay so the organization sets in on making this transformation the senior management team is in they're ready for this the rest of the organization is now hopefully empowered knowing that they have that organizational support do i understand that right yes that's certainly the idea and for ordinance survey that helped them take the next step. But as they started the process, they realized that there were some bottlenecks within the organization, at least in terms of moving fast. And what's an example of that? Well, Nick digs into this a little bit, yeah. So one of the key areas for us is finance, who like certainty, who don't like any surprises. Um, and we're a little bit unusual in that aspect because being government owned, we work along electoral cycles. So. Uh, we would have a dividend profile for our organization over the coming four to five year planning period, which is very unusual and not many organizations do. So we need that um, that depth of certainty um, within our financial modeling. So getting our finance team engaged and bought into, actually, this is what we're trying to do. And this is why we're trying to do it, uh, has helped them understand the benefits of actually moving to this, to this piece. So it's 
as I said, as I said before, it's that senior management level interaction and buy-in and championing through through the organisation. So finance, one area. Uh, another area that we struggle with uh, in terms of our speed and agility is around procurement and our ability to actually go and buy services, and that's. Um, down to as a as a government owned organisation, we're subject to various regulations. One of which means that we have a, a procurement cycle of, of, of a, over when a procurement is over a certain value that can take upwards of three to six months. That takes a lot of planning. So we kind of almost need to be working three to six months in advance of that to ensure that we've got the right procurement in place to enable us to actually not be held up by the processes that go alongside it. The, the final piece is really at a leadership level because this is different and this is different from how we've traditionally uh, operated as a business and we've been through many transformations of how we operate as a business over over, over time but this is um, this is just this is another of those transformations. So really getting that leadership team to understand how we track, how we monitor progress, so how we're holding people accountable for the outcomes that they are generating. But I asked Nick, okay, if those are the bottlenecks, how do you solve for them? He mentioned finance as an example. How do you work with finance and those other teams to try to solve for those bottlenecks? Don't present them a solution, work with them and get them bought in and, and really explain and get them engaging with it and seeing the aspect, seeing how you can make such f- much faster, um, you can realize your revenue and you can realize your commercial um, uh, objectives much faster by bringing them in, by undertaking this different approach. So bring them into the journey. And equally, you know, even the, our procurement team is part of our finance team, bringing them into the journey as well, because they'll they'll see things that we should be thinking about now that that won't actually affect until months in advance. So, actually, not bringing them to the journey can cost you significant amount of time and therefore potential opportunity. Okay, so we have these essentially people issues. And I like the takeaway here from Nick on how to solve some of these people issues. Work with these teams, understand where they're coming from, help them understand where you're coming from and work towards a solution together. I think that's great. Were there also process problems that were identified? Plenty for sure. As in any meaningful transformation, Nick brought up one such example an introduction of a new process to the team as well. What, what we were finding is there were certain silos of activity and those silos of activity weren't necessarily coming together. So the squad model is really there to encourage more collaboration. So we have small teams working on specific problems against specific customers. Um, and that really enables them to, to get deep into that problem that they're trying to solve. So what we were seeing before is we'd have a marketing team that delivered marketing stuff that didn't really relate to what we were doing in a product team that was designed completely over in one area. And actually, an engineer then took that design and put their own spin on it to deliver something that looked nothing like um, what we had originally planned it to do. Whereas actually, the squad model brings that, those, that team together. And that's where the empowerment really comes through, because we treat each one of those squads almost as a standalone business. They have their own P&L. They have their own objectives and they work across those objectives as a team to affect the changes that we need to affect within our products and within our organization. Well, it sounds like Ordnance Survey put a lot of work into their transformation to make these processes address some of the people issues that they had. Now, are they satisfied with where they stand? I did ask Nick about the results they've seen and where they are in their transformation today. 
the results kind of speak for themselves. We've, we've seen a sustained growth um, through our core digital product uh, over the past five years of 65% on average year on year. We've had some years where actually we've gone into many hundreds of percent growth and we've got a raft of KPIs that obviously we track on, our, on an ongoing basis, both lead and lag indicators in terms of where things are going. And actually the teams get a lot of uh, energy from that and a lot of energy in terms of seeing the progress that they're making. In that last segment, we heard some advice that Patty had. Did Nick have any advice for others who are thinking about or preparing for a digital transformation? He sure did. Pretty sage advice, I'll say. First thing is open your mind as far as you can because actually so much is possible with an open mind and and having sort of baggage of, of, of this organization of, 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 of 230 years of doing the same thing every year. We've got one product that we only did some development on 105 years after it launched. It was exactly the same. You know, that, that's probably unheard of. Don't do that. That's not good. <laughs> so, so open your mind to what is possible. Open your mind to really understanding and listening. And take that time to think and to think about where you want to get to, what does good look like, and and be really focused. That was all great stuff there. Let's pause here once more to hear from our sponsors, and we'll wrap up once we're back. Before the break, we heard from two different product leaders on recent digital transformations that they and their organizations recently went through. Both Patty of Sling TV and Dish Network and Nick of Ordnance Survey. Christian Idioti of Silicon Valley Product Group is here with us, and he interviewed these product leaders and has been our co-host through these past three episodes in this mini-series we're running, A Digital Transformation. Now, Christian, this has been a, a pretty enlightening series, I'd say, and now that we're wrapping things up, are there any final takeaways you have in mind? Yes, a few. First, I hope everybody can see that these transformations are really journeys. And I don't think any of the folks that I've interviewed will say their journey is done. This isn't a complete attacks or check off a box type of situation. They all had the corporate courage to take a first step. But there are many, many steps to take. That's a great takeaway. And think about it. It's no different to launching a new product. Once you launch it, you're not done. You're really just getting started. So true. So what else, Christian? Well, another common theme you've heard throughout this is the buying from leadership, which in some ways feels like a prerequisite because of the necessary changes that have to happen throughout the organization. Because transformations involve beyond changing the role of technology, but changing how people work together. You're going from technology teams feeling subservient to the business to becoming true partners in how we solve problems. This is something that most often is really a top-down process where you have command and control, executive leadership is recognizing that change is necessary and telling teams what to do. And many companies don't recognize that it takes time. And it's not easy. It takes resources, that there are trade-offs, that there are challenges. So it's important, critically, that everybody is bought in, especially at the top. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is really an investment that companies are making, a significant one at that. Yes. Part of the transformation journey is really about technology. But as you've noticed, we've spent little time talking about the various technologies here. Just as important are the people and the process. In most cases, there are significant changes in store for both of those things. 
On the people side, it could mean brand new teams, brand new org structures, new skills, new roles. But at a minimum, it means that the people in the organization today, they have to have a different mindset. They need to think and expect different. You need to reintroduce this way of working to the team. They'll need to embrace, in short, an entirely new culture and in a new way. Well, Christian, really appreciate you co-hosting this three-part series with us. We know that our listeners learned a lot. And I don't know, I, I think we ought to find a way to get you involved in some more things going on in the future. What do you think? I love that, Mike. So, Rocket Ship listeners, you ought to stay tuned and see what else I have planned coming down the road. Christian, if people want to learn more about you and your work, where can they do that? Please uh, visit us online at svpz.com. You can follow us on the different social media channels. It would be a pleasure and honor to help you all along your journey. Well, that wraps up this three-part series. We have a whole new season in store for you coming right up. Michael, do you want to tell everybody a little bit more about it? Yeah, we're going to be diving into the world of Web3, but we're not just me telling you about Web3. We're actually going to take you behind the scenes of some really exciting projects. So I'll share more coming up, but stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Well, for Michael Saka and Christian Idioti, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.